0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full turns at mintmobile.com. Welcome, welcome. It's the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, February 3rd. Okay, a little delay in the action here because I'm recording this and uh, it is the day after big time football weekend, okay? I wanted to make sure that you guys heard the craziest thing that happened to me over the weekend. There I am watching the football game just like many of you, millions of you, by the way. And uh, the CBS sports crew is on site doing their analysis and all of a sudden my ears just prick up and I, what What was that? Did, what happened? Did did some? Did someone just say my name on national television during a football game, not during a news broadcast? I asked Mark to put the audio in here because it's crazy. So you will hear first speaking is Nate Burleson with whom I work on CBS Mornings. And then you're gonna get Boomer Esiason and then you're gonna get James Brown or JB. Check this out. Kickers, they're like bike jackets, all right? You don't know you need them until you have to use them. And Evan McPherson has been tremendous in the postseason. You know, I think I speak for all my old teammates out there, and I'm sure Jimmy Breach is smiling somewhere because of Evan McPherson. But when I hear Joe Burrow say he grew up two and a half hours outside of Cincinnati, he went to Ohio State, he transferred to LSU, he brought the Heisman Trophy into our studio. I gave him the bingo helmet. It's too perfect of a fit. For the Bengals, not to pick him, and they paired him with Zach Taylor. That's what I call a pairing to the ages. Uh, Money McPherson. Money McPherson. That sounds like a Jill Schlesinger segment <laughs> for the two of you all. I mean, that is crazy. I I was shocked, and my phone blew up. But anyway, thanks, JB. I love you. Thanks, Nate. Nate was wearing these super cool gloves, so I was texting him during the broadcast. Anyway, uh, that has nothing to do with anything, except it was an exciting thing. I like to share it with my community, and you are my community. Uh, So if you have a financial question, what we'd love for you to do is to hop on our website, jillonmoney.com, and click the contact button. And it's even better if you say you want to come on the air with us. That's what we love the most. But... I've got to try to plow through the shy people pile, meaning the people who don't want to come on the air with us, but they still have questions. Gene writes, I have heard several podcasts that discuss paying off mortgages or discussion of down payment size. It seems most of those are coming from young folks, 30s to 40s. I'm 62. I plan on retiring when I'm 65. I have a 15-year, 2.5% mortgage that we started in 2020. It was a refi the house is worth $700,000. The mortgage balance is $286,000. I don't have any plans to move. I've been making extra principal payments, two grand for the past year, thinking I might want to get this paid off closer to retirement. Now I'm second guessing that I think that I should just pay the normal amount and invest the remainder. Oh, I make $350,000 a year. Holy smokes. Um, I've been fully maxing my 401k for 30 years. I don't have any other debt. I'm sitting in very good shape. I've got $2.6 million in retirement accounts, 500000 in taxable brokerage. All are fully invested in a variety of stocks and bonds, about two-thirds stocks, one-third bonds. Simple math is invest the $2,000 in a 5% bond and I would be better off, but I would like the feeling of not having any debt upon retiring. Hmm. Okay, so... I think that this is an interesting one. I get not wanting to have any debt, but you have plenty of assets. I think the main reason, forgetting about the the idea of, you know, will you have um, the same idea of like, can I buy a bond that makes that much money? I think that the thing right now is I'm not sure you can get a 5% bond. Okay. So you have a 2.5% mortgage. I think the larger issue is I wouldn't even necessarily think of it as a comparison. I think the bigger question is you only have 500 and only. I know this sounds crazy to some people. You've got a half a million dollars in taxable accounts. And I think that I would prefer if you didn't use the money that you have that's already been taxed and pay off a two and a half percent note. It doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. So, I get that you don't want to have a mortgage when you retire. On the other hand, if you think of it as I don't know if I want to lose my liquidity, then I think you could get more comfortable with it. I would keep this mortgage as is. It's cheap. You know, if in a few years you're retired and you don't and you really you don't need this half a million dollars in the taxable brokerage account, you're not dipping into it, uh, that's one thing. But for now, I would not pay that off. Okay, Um, this next one is from Anonymous, who's 70 years old, and says, I've got 40% of my investments in stock index funds, 50% in bond index funds, and 10% in cash, uh, which, of course, has no interest. 7% inflation is my concern, so maybe I had too much money in cash. Any suggestions as to where else I might put the cash so it is secure and helps keep up with inflation? Well, of course, you're not going to find anything that's 7% and safe. You have a very good portfolio, actually, for inflation, meaning that, you know, stocks tend to do well in an inflationary environment over time, not immediately, but they'll do fine. I don't know what else you have in terms of needs for this money. Are you pulling money out out of these investments right now? Are you investing for a longer term? I don't really think that you know if you if you're unhappy with money markets, you can shop for better money markets. You can shop for some CDs. You can you put some money maybe in some I bonds, but you can only do ten grand. I don't know how much money you have. I wouldn't be so concerned. We are not going to have seven percent inflation for this whole for this whole year. Inflation is going to start to slowly go down. It's going to stay high for a while. I know that sucks, but I wouldn't be in such a hurry to get that cash to work. Um, you may need it. So especially, again, I need to know whether you're pulling money out of these accounts or not. And what's the total amount that is in cash? You have just have, you know, if you had $10 million and you gave me the same allocation, I might have different ideas. So I need some other numbers associated with that. Okay. Ray says, I need advice to make a big decision. Here we go. I'm 63 and I receive social security disability income. I'm in good health for the most part, but I've been the victim of several auto accidents. I have a house that I built. It's paid for. I own my own car, but I've gotten into debt since the COVID virus. My only income is my SSDI. I've got $12,000 of debt, which is credit cards and property tax. The problem is the limits that I can earn without losing my Medicare and Social Security benefits. Aha. Aha. So my social security net check is $1,222 a month. I need a little more than that for basic monthly costs. The realtor would like to list my home for $270,000 and I expect multiple offers. I'm willing to sell the house. I don't know where I want to move. I'm single. I don't have any children. No real ties at this time. Should I sell the house, pay the debts and start over or manage to pay the debt off in about a year? Well, I mean, this is a tough one. I, um, you know, if you really like where you live, there could be some different ideas, but if you're willing to move and clear the decks and keep a bunch of money in cash, that's fine too. You're going to have to obviously find a place to live and also work within the SSDI rules. I think the most important thing that you can do is make sure that you've got plenty of liquidity, access to money. And, you know, if you're going to buy some, maybe if you were thinking about, gosh, I I would buy something else, but have something, have it smaller if I'd rent. But, you know, all the money that you have once you sell this home is going to create income, right? And so we have to be clear that you have to make sure that you can have the money available to you, but not create so much income that you would be disallowing your social security benefits so i don't i i have a a sense that maybe you could do this but i i wonder if there are other ideas Um, for example you could potentially if you really like your house you could probably do a reverse mortgage it wouldn't be fantastic but you could do partially you could do that or again maybe you say i can sell my house for 270 and i can buy something cheaper and i can leave myself with enough money in cash to pay off my debts And everything is fine and dandy. Oh, Samuel. Oh, my gosh. He writes this. What a way to end on this note, Mark. Thanks a lot. Samuel says, I anticipate civil unrest in our country relatively soon, a year or two. Where should one place assets from the stock market to protect oneself? I don't know what to say to this. Um, If you want an Armageddon kind of trade and unrest, that would suggest that you would want assets that don't correlate to really crazy times. So I don't know if you think civil unrest means that you don't trust the government or that you really want to make sure that um, maybe we're going to go into a long term recession or a terrible bear market, any of those things. You know, I, I guess I don't really know how to respond to this. You know, when you have civil unrest, it doesn't mean that markets shut down. It doesn't mean the economy shuts down. So I don't know. I'm a little uncomfortable with this one, Mark. So I'm going to say I don't know. How about that? Um, You know, if you're really scared about volatility, you would have cash and bonds and gold and a little crypto maybe, but I'm not sure that would actually, I'm not sure that that would actually save you in that instance. Anyway, um, we're very happy that you joined us today and we are very excited to just tell you that on our website you can get all sorts of neat information right it's fantastic so all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com and we've got a lot of content that lives there and it's all there for the taking you can check out old shows, you can check out our other broadcasts, Eye on Money, you can watch TV segments, you can read the blog, which I love. I love to write the blog. It's kind of gets my own head in the right place. So, you know, I, I had one up last weekend that everybody seemed to like quite a bit, which is was called Correction 22. But most importantly, we've got a Contact Us button. It's in a beautiful blue box. And when you click on that Contact Us button, it asks for your name and you write a little message. You tell us what's going on. And then at the bottom it says, are you willing to come on the show live? Check, yes or no. It makes Mark's job a lot easier. Um, and we are really so delighted that you join us. Truly, it's it's really one of the, the greatest parts of my week is having these conversations with you and answering your questions. So we really do appreciate that. So don't forget to do something nice for someone else today. And remember our mantra, grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.